You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Milwaukee. And joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. Frank, I would ask how you're doing tonight, but uh, I think I have a pretty good idea. Uh, that's how I'm doing, Eric. I, I mean, I don't know why I get emotionally vested in Bucks games, given you know my life motto is, as a Bucks fan, to never trust the Bucks. Um, but, you know, I mean, this is this this road trip could... It's such a huge, going to really set the tone for for obviously whether this team can potentially get a more favorable matchup in the playoffs, potentially maybe even save uh, their first round pick this year. But um, again, you know, tonight uh, it's just like, can they go more than one or two quarters without kind of just stumbling and getting in their own way? It it just doesn't seem like it. And um, tonight, you know, bad start. exacerbated by the Clippers hitting everything. But, I mean, lots of just blown assignments and wide-open threes in the first quarter where – did the Clippers hit seven threes in the first quarter? Eight seven threes in the first 11, quarter? yeah. Um, you know, just, again, just, uh, you know, setting themselves up to get boat raced defensively. Um, but, you know, again, they played much better in the middle two quarters. Uh, certainly when Milos Teodosic uh, went out of the game with uh, a foot injury, that seemed to – really sparked them because suddenly the Clippers started playing a lot more one-on-one offensively. The ball stopped moving a lot for them offensively. Um, and the Bucks started getting things going a bit off of transition. And, um, you know, uh, they, they had a chance. They were up 88, 83, what with like what, four minutes into the fourth quarter or something like that. And then, um, just completely fall apart, bad shots, turnovers, you know, unable to get anything going offensively. And, uh, just, you know, like you tweeted out, Overhelp, 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 wide open threes, um, a couple off the dribble threes from my, you know, nemesis, uh, Austin Rivers. And, um, you know, again, just, uh, you know, 27 to 16 in the fourth quarter. I mean, yeah, you're, you're not going to win road games in, in the NBA if you are getting outscored 27 to 16 in the fourth against, you know, a, a potential playoff opponent, a team in, in LA. So, um, you know, again, the three ball really hurt them again for the second time in, a, in two weeks. Um, they contained DeAndre Jordan for the most part, um, but uh, you know, otherwise, uh, just a really frustrating start to uh, a crucial road trip. And with Miami throttling Cle- Cleveland tonight, the Bucks are um, back in their uh, comfy eight seeds, which uh, you know, again, uh, the, 
I, I'm, I don't know if they're going to be able to shake it. I mean, they're, they're most likely going to be there based on all the projections. So, um, they're, again, they're going to have to go win some games they're not supposed to. And tonight was a great opportunity and obviously didn't happen. Yeah, I think you tweeted it out today. Our friend Jacob Goldstein will tweet out the playoff odds, and I think 62% to be yeah. a, an eighth seed. So, um, yeah, that's where it would say it. And uh, after we were done recording last night, we actually had a conversation, which is kind of rare, but we were, as we were talking through stuff, uh, once we were done recording, it was just like that Spurs win could have been a big one. That could have been one of those games that you weren't supposed to win. And then if you somehow managed to split this this road trip, which, again, Lakers and Nuggets aren't great teams, but you do struggle, or the Bucks regularly struggle uh, in Denver. So, I mean, when we talked through it, like this Clippers game was kind of the one you had to steal because you're probably going to lose uh, – against the Warriors on Thursday. Uh, Kevin Durant will be back in that one. Uh, so, and I don't even know if stealing would be the right word. Like, you were up 88-83 with eight minutes left. And again, this is the NBA and a five-point deficit is nothing. Um, but at the same time, you you had your chances and just didn't do anything with it. And like you said, it was that overhelp and uh, just every... every I guess kind of what I was saying on Monday that that Spurs team is a team that plays a brand of basketball that allows the Bucks defensive scheme to get away with some of their bad habits. Like that Spurs team isn't going to take advantage of you um, with three pointers. They're not going to take advantage of uh, spreading out all the way to the corners because they just don't have the shooters. They're not going to hit you with a ton of spread pick and roll. And I know our friend Dean Maniata at all the bucks had mentioned, uh, the Clippers ran a Spain pick and roll. Um, if you're curious, go look it up, but it's just like another variation of a pick and roll slightly more complicated. And the bucks just had no idea what to do with it. And the Clippers have all those sets. Like they have all of those things that will take advantage of the bucks, really bad habits and, I mean, that was kind of what happened uh, throughout this game. You just saw some of those terrible habits come through, and then, uh, I mean, the overhelp, jeez. I tweeted out the article. Um, it was when I was still at Brew Hoop, Frank. That means you were still at Brew Hoop. Like, it was over two years ago. I wrote an article. I remember it as clear as day. It was centered around the Bucks and their overhelping tendencies. Like, and I tweeted like I tweeted it out tonight, and two years ago, two years, two months ago, I wrote that article, and everything that was written in that article would have applied to the Bucks six to eight closing minutes tonight. Everything. There's just no reason to help. There was. Uh, there's an Austin Rivers one that tied it up at 88-88. That was overhelp. Then on the next possession, uh, after an Eric Bledsoe turnover, you have Giannis on the ball. He's the guy defending on the ball. Uh, I don't, I'm not even sure which clipper it was that pump faked and dribbled, uh, but they pump fake and dribble. And then I, guess, I think it was Tobias Harris and I, maybe Wesley Johnson from the corner. Tobias Harris is going to the basket. Giannis is covering him. One of the best defenders in the league. There is a a help defender underneath the basket in John Henson. He's right there. It's it's taken care of. Everything's good. There, there's there's no there's no need for more help. Those two guys can handle any drive by any player, let alone a drive by Tobias Harris. 
And for some reason, Eric Bledsoe decides to try to come in and dig, and bang, there's a three. Clippers go up 91-88, and from there, everything just goes the opposite way. And it's just, it's difficult to see not just the same mistakes this year, but the same mistakes last year, and the same mistake two years ago. Like all, all of those things just keep coming back, uh, and uh, I mean, uh, like you said, it, it's just disheartening watching it because nothing's changed. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like almost we should change end the podcast right there. You know, I think just going through some of the pluses. I mean, Giannis. Giannis started slow. I mean, Sandarius Thornwell did a really good job on him. Yeah. And thankfully, I don't think Thornwell played at all in the second half um, or, or played only limited minutes. Um, but Giannis uh, hit an early three. Uh, and then I think I think he started something like two out of six, two yep. out of seven, something on that order. Um, but then came out in the third quarter uh, looking more aggressive and, uh, you know, <laughs> final line, 26 points on 10 out of 16. Um, so, again, you know, uh, what are you like eight out of ten to close the game? Yep. Um, nine boards, seven assists, five blocks. Um, did have four turnovers, um, but you know, uh, again, Giannis kind of doing everything he can. Some of his defensive possessions. I mean, those five blocks were, uh, you know, again, it's just it's just frustrating because it's like when things went well, oftentimes it was just like sheer Giannis being incredible and otherworldly, and you know, not because of. <laughs> some sort of like great team concept or something like that um but he was he was great you know um Giannis no, no surprise was the best player on the on the court um and you know Chris Middleton got up to uh, 14 points in the first half fast start finishes 22 on 7 out of 17 shooting um so not great shooting but again you know 22 on 17 shots um solid seven boards three assists a couple blocks um Bledsoe um you know, he had six turnovers, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I noticed them as much tonight. Um, I, I'd have to go look at you know what they were. Um, but you know, it was interesting. He missed all three of his triple attempts, but he was six out of seven inside the arc. Scored fourteen points, nine boards, six assists. Um, and you know, again, I, actually, I thought he played pretty well for long stretches in this game, especially when the Bucks were were playing poorly and were down um it felt like Bledsoe actually gave them something um and maybe that was motivation against his former team or, or whatever but um I don't know I mean again like it was kind of a similar kind of typical Bledsoe line in a lot of ways but um even though the turnovers were were ugly um I, I thought he at least gave them some, some you know good minutes and and I think the problem was obviously other than those three guys um you know Jet four out of seven i hit a couple threes uh five steals for jet um very nice uh you know as long as he's starting the steals Um, that you see jet get do you do you notice anything about them frank because i tend to notice something about him he he typically tends to be in the passing lane and he also typically tends to not be looking directly at the basketball so someone's dribbling, and, ins- baits him. and instead of trying to dig in for a steal, which almost never works, he stunts and recovers, and he's in a passing <laughs> lane, as though that's a thing you do when you play defense. Like yeah. uh, It's kind of mind-blowing, because apparently most of the rest of the team 
hasn't figured out that's when you get steals. And that's when you get the fast break attempts. Like when we when Prunty first took the job, like that was how they were getting their steals. It was on the backside in passing lanes. And that's why they were being able to get out and run, because your steals were coming from that rather than digging in for a steal and then having to somehow corral, corral the basketball and then you don't have a fast break at times. Like again, I I don't like extolling the virtues of a forty year old shooting guard that shouldn't be on the floor but damn watch him play guys because that dude gets it yeah and um you know sterling brown has been a guy who has lost minutes because of jet getting extended minutes jet played 32 minutes tonight brown did play nine minutes and actually i thought gave them a nice shot in the arm when he did play didn't score a point only took one shot a corner three that he missed um but i thought he actually brought some of that kind of like defensive edge that um they've been missing and and again it's just like you know, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I just struggle. It's like, you know, Dean, our friend Dean, uh, you know, made a comment about, you know, Sterling Brown losing out minutes to, to Brandon Jennings and Shabazz Muhammad. It's like, wow, are we surprised that the Bucks defense has completely gone into the tank since that happened? I mean, that you know, again, like, it's not like the only reason, obviously. But, um, but again, I mean, Sterling's an MFer. He brings them some edge. And, um, you know, <laughs> those other guys don't bring any of that. Uh, right? Another and, thing, um, it's weird. I'm trying to think. When does Brandon Jennings play well? Hmm. He's had two really good games, <laughs> and those were against G League teams. <laughs> oh, dudes that are in the G League or yeah. like now not on NBA rosters. Weird. Weird that he's been good those games, and then those like when he plays actual you know NBA players, it it doesn't go as well. I don't. I don't know. It's just weird how that yeah. works out. Yeah. Twelve minutes tonight. Oh for two. Uh, literally had nothing else in the box score. For uh, I think, actually, in my box score, I have uh, 30 business decisions, which seems oh. like a lot to rack up in 12 minutes. But well, um, in just fairness, moving there was like one. There was like one. There was one play where he was like the only guy like in the paint, and literally nobody cared. And I don't know. I forget who it was. There were like three uncontested drives down the middle of the lane for dunks in this game, like in those the early part of the game that were just like maddening. And I remember Brandon. Brandon was uh, standing there for one. And literally, I mean Brandon is is basically the equivalent of like one of uh like well like me because you're bigger than brandon jennings yeah. um like me standing in the lane like hoping to stop an nba player i mean he's obviously not going to be able to do anything but um but obviously you know the matador stuff on the on the the perimeter is 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 also <laughs> the, not uh, the, great the defensive indifference of a lineup that contains jennings parker and muhammad is man next level like, it's yeah. it's incredible like and you you keep see you keep seeing those guys on the floor together and i understand that you, you do only have a limited amount of guys and it is nice to have a point guard to bring the ball up the floor at times instead of jet and making Giannis do it but those are 12 minutes you can cut and give to sterling brown like that's just yeah. the way it is. Like I get it's a good story. He's had some good games against bad teams. He does he does push the pace at times. It's like it's just an overall net negative. Like it's not helping out your team because it just takes you out of any rhythm that you might have had and any defensive flow that you had going. It's just gone as soon as he hits the floor. Um, 
Looking at some other guys, uh, I thought Zeller gave them some good minutes in the third quarter uh, and beginning of the fourth. Um, you know, including when when Boban came in for a four minute stretch. Boban did score five points in four minutes, but um, I thought Zeller. You know, they forced some turnovers. Uh, Zeller had um, one of the more comical fast breaks. It was like a three. <laughs> what was a three on one fast break? And Tyler Zeller like leads it, like jumps up in the air, like pins himself under the baseline, and somehow kicks it back to Giannis for for a dunk. Um, Please don't try this at home, folks. Uh, but Zeller <laughs> returns to the lineup. Thonmaker was out tonight with uh, I for, I, what was the injury? Um, I, uh, I forget what Thon was out body. with. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Um, either way, I mean, I don't think they missed Thon tonight. Um, Zeller again. I mean, he's been. He had. I mean, he had a bad game the other day, but um, and and he you know had a very short hook against the Clippers a week ago, but. I mean, the sad part is Zeller's been their best center over the past month, yep. and he's barely played of late and thankfully got some more minutes tonight, 14 minutes. Um, I mean, honestly, that- I was thinking for a little while there, maybe maybe you close with him instead of Henson. Like, just with the way that Zeller was going, how the defense was, like, defensively and offensively, it seemed like things were kind of flowing and again i I know that zeller is coming off an injury and um obviously i don't know if you want him to play i I think it would have been something like probably 18 minutes consecutively that's not something i ever like to do but um especially with a guy like him but man it it just felt like and again that it could have been just pure happenstance that when when Henson came back on the floor, all of those things seemed to be less crisp. Yeah, and I mean Henson. I mean Henson was not bad tonight. No, I mean again, no. like like a week ago, you know, when DeAndre just destroyed him and everybody else. You know, tonight DeAndre twelve points on nine shots, sixteen boards. Um, you know, uh, that's that's pretty much average DeAndre Jordan night. You know, I mean he's good, right? <laughs> that's what he does. Um, Henson was fine though. I mean eight points, eight boards. Yeah. Um, he had more defensive rebounds than DeAndre had offensive rebounds, <laughs> which is a sad thing. But I mean, actually, the Bucks had a defensive rebound rate of eighty-two percent tonight, yeah, which is tonight. way better than we've seen in some of these previous games, including on Sunday and I think in that Clipper game as well previously. Um, so you know, again, there's at least something to take from. But again, I mean, you know, that they just gave up too many open threes, and um, and obviously, you know, the some of this other stuff just you know just didn't couldn't could not weigh it uh you know defensively 12 steals 11 blocks you obviously love to see to see those kinds of numbers that's how you get out and run bucks 23 to 14 edge and fast break points but um you know again just man some of the execution was just i mean Giannis was it was it in the fourth quarter Giannis had like two two passes like one where like jabari was supposed to go to the corner or like i, I don't know like, he like threw it between jet and jabari and yep. it seemed like jabari didn't go to the right spot and the honest is like threw it between them and he had another where he just like airmailed one into the air into the stands and um you know it just just really frustrating and probably nobody embodied frustration tonight more than jabari parker who was i mean offensively could not have had i mean he's never had a worse offensive game than this right he was one out of 12 0 for 4 from 3 in 19 minutes, 2 points. Um, and to be honest, it, you know, it, it was terrible because he actually decided to go and, like, make some decent plays defensively. And Again, I'm not going to say Jabari was, like, good defensively, um, but he picks up three steals, a block. He was active kind of, um, you know, basically kind of packing down when, when the defense had to collapse and he actually, like, had some active hands, you know, and made some plays that way. Um and the crappy part was it was like Joe Prunty felt like, oh, I have to keep playing him because he's actually being okay defensively. Meanwhile, he's just like 
completely driving your offense into the ground with all these missed shots. And um, he missed a dunk in the first quarter. I mean, he missed layups in the fourth quarter. You know, he wanted a lob from Giannis. Giannis threw him a bounce pass, and he flubbed that. And um, he was then telling everybody, including Giannis, that he should have thrown a lob going to the huddle after a timeout. And, um, you know, I think you, you were saying that that the lob really wasn't there. And, I mean, just, you know, a, a complete burn-the-videotape game for Jabari Parker, who, um, again, I mean, it, it sucked because they were everybody else was playing actually pretty well early in that fourth quarter in particular. And, I mean, he just <laughs> – how many possessions just – went by the wayside because you know just miss after miss after miss and again i mean he's not going to be this bad i mean this is a an aberration um but you know he takes tons of mid-range jumpers and you know didn't have his three ball going tonight i mean i'm not going to say that jabari parker should like stop shooting especially when he gets great looks but um this was just terrible and another one where he didn't shoot and ate a 24 second violation after getting the ball five or six seconds left um Again, it's just a depressing night to watch Jabari Parker um, play basketball. And, and again, you know, just one of those like what if type things. Like if Jabari Parker is just like a normal Jabari Parker shooting night, um, you probably win the game. But, you know, instead, those those the the starters, especially Giannis and Chris, just, you know, no no help offensively. And uh, again, you just just tough. This was this was by far the Bucks' worst offensive game in quite some time. Also, their best defensive game in quite some time. Ninety-eight point five offensive rating, a one hundred five five defensive rating. I think it'd been like eight or nine games, maybe ten games that they'd had like time. a that they'd had like a one fifteen offensive rating or better in. So they had this great streak of of offensive success. And tonight again, six out of twenty three from three. Um, you know, just just really rough. One thing I will say though. They ran a play to get Chris Middleton an open three <laughs> in the first like three minutes of the game, and it was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." What's that? Your best three point shooter, who's shot forty percent of his light in his life. You actually try to get him a play where he gets a wide open three point <laughs> look. Amazing. Weird, um, weird how that works out sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, that was that was a guy that deserved a golf clap. So. Yeah. With Jabari, the I guess I don't really worry about him going one for twelve. Like that's that's not what he is as a shooter, as a right. scorer. Like, it just th- sucks when he does. But Correct. Yeah, the thing that I like I've been finding more concerning with him over the last week is just there just uh, there seems to be a level of confusion with him about where his spots are and where he should yeah. go. Um, to me, that that that's more concerning. Like there was a couple, the, the one possession really sticks out tonight. I, it was second half. I'm trying to figure out if it's, I, I don't remember exactly when it was. I just know it was second half because he was on that side of the floor. He had got the ball in the middle of the lane. And I think he was probably about eight, 10 feet out. And like, that's Jabari effing Parker, like 10 feet is power dribble, throw it on someone's head. And instead, it was like catch, and like he just like kind of like looked around, and was like, "Are you confused? Like, what are you confused about right now? <laughs> You're a bad dude. Like, go attack the basket." And then I think he ends up kicking it out or something. And it was just like, "What? Why is there confusion? And why that's concerning is if his shot isn't falling, and if he has that general confusion, his default setting is to move towards the basket." 
Ords to move towards the baseline where he's always been very effective. And that just kind of gunks everything up. Like you, you can't really function when you just have a guy floating around in those areas. And you mentioned the ball that Giannis had thrown out of bounds. And like, I can understand Jabari's frustration about maybe thinking that he was going to get the baseline Bari cut that he normally gets, but there was someone there. Like the right play was to stay out at the three point line. And uh, I had tweeted it out, but uh, Dylan Murphy, who's been doing some work with uh, with Ben Fal- Ben Falk, excuse me, over at Cleaning the Glass, and I know he's a semi regular on Nate Duncan's podcast, and he does a lot of X's and O's stuff. Um, he had mentioned he he had a thread earlier this week about how. Um, a lot of the times we'll kind of confuse teams that have good shooters with teams that like put those shooters in the right space or uh, just kind of like the idea that you can shoot the three really well, but if you hang out in the wrong areas, if you're in the wrong spots, like you can really kind of screw things up. And with Jabari, I just find myself thinking about that so often. Like He's a 38% three-point shooter. At the four, as a four, that's more than enough to be a stretch four. Like that's more than enough to have people's attention. But he so rarely just stays in those spots and is able to, you know, get that full effect of the gravity. Like he he's always attacking, which is nice. But on nights where the shot isn't falling or he has a general lack of flow, like it just becomes difficult like the offense just it's difficult for everyone because there's just so much in that area so um that was just one thing i was kind of thinking about with jabari like i I don't care that he was one for 12 keep shooting jabari like you're great you're a great scorer you have all of those skills so just keep doing that but just that kind of general just like lack of rhythm and flow he's had in the last little while is just kind of concerning to me because it's not I don't know if he's necessarily lost but he's just still trying to figure out exactly how to get his where it fits in in the team setting yeah I think the problem was that Shabazz Muhammad wasn't playing shooting guard you know Mm. that really would have they would have spaced things out uh nicely (laughs) um yeah uh I don't know so Bucks Bucks dropped back into the eighth seed uh the uh, possibility of retaining their first round pick this year uh, also recedes into the distance by by another step. Um, anything else from this game, or uh, shall we sleep I'm it off? I'm going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That's going to be it for us for today. Uh, the also one more thing. Um, Austin Rivers is a better shooter off the dribble or a jab step than he is off the catch and better than he is from like mid range. So just an FYI for the bucks. Don't let him like he, he wants to shoot that three. So just like run him off the line. Just, just a note for the next time that you see Austin rivers, um, because he's killed you with jab step threes in the fourth quarter. The last two times you've played them. All right, Bucks lose 105-98. Uh, like you said, drop back down to the ace spot. Uh, they have the Warriors on Thursday. We will talk about that tomorrow. For Frank Madden, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you tomorrow.